Hey, it's episode 61 of Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. We're back. We disappeared. We went away for Christmas. I, I became a ham. And now I'm not a ham anymore. We're talking about the Packers' final two regular season games and also some playoff shit that has already happened here on Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. Heads in Chicagoland. It's the best podcast about the Green Bay Packers from my beautiful South Side of State. I'm Mike Fleischman. That's Matt Mellum Setter. Hey, it's Sunday. We've already had a couple of wild card playoff games. We haven't did a podcast, which is the proper grammatical way of saying yes, that. That is since week 15, which was two and a half weeks ago. Yeah, and. I'm not going to say I'm sorry about that because I'm never not. apologize. I'm not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, the whole the whole Christmas thing has happened. The whole New Year's thing has happened. Uh, we're all back to work. Football kept on going even though we stopped. I think Kirk Cousins just got himself a cheap first down yeah. on, a, on a pass interference penalty. Uh, the Vikings are playing the Saints. Uh, for the first or second time in my life, I want the Vikings to win a football game. Yeah, I know. It's just, it feels weird cheering for the Vikings. But, yeah. Uh, Let, yeah, let's get New Orleans out are. of this thing. Yeah, here we are. Um, yeah, it's been a long time since we were uh, on these, these podcast waves. Um, you turned into a ham. I turned into a hams. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's 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 been a it's been a trip. But uh, here we are. It's a big big moment. Packers got a first round by. They're not playing this weekend, um, which you know basically means they won this weekend. Yes. You know, they they won with a, a, a they covered. If you bet on the Packers this weekend, you won your money back. Uh, Where are you getting hams? The beer? Oh, it's Seven Eleven. It, it really it's- Sarah Mart. It's all over, baby. Okay. I, I remember when I was back in South Dakota, there was a bar that had a $1 hams night. All right. I, I yeah. usually think of that as like a Detroit beer because uh, like the, the Detroit people that I know. Yeah. it's a, I like hams. hams. I like hams. I had a, a buddy, Jack Costanza. Um, he's out in Colorado now. When he would play shows with his band, that was always the beer that they'd get in the in the green room. Okay. It was, was, you'd always get like a rack of hams. I mean, nothing, nothing wrong with hams. Adam Thielen just fumbled. Oh, Saints that's bad. recovered. Go. <laughs> God. Uh, yeah. So, you know, um, we're cheering for the Vikings this week. Yeah. Uh, so it's a it's a good it's a good time to be be wrong and weird about things. Uh, that's that's very normal. The Patriots are out. Um, I was on that's my good. my my car's in the shop. Rest in peace for you know the next week or whatever. Um, and in in my Uber down here to Mike's beautiful South Side Estate, um, 
it was Chicago Talk Radio, and all they were talking about was Tom Brady's coming to the Bears. Oh, is he? They were saying Tom Brady's coming to the Bears. The Bears got a championship defense. The Bears got weapons all around. You just need an offensive line and tight ends. You got, you got. <laughs> I was like, that's a huge need, yeah. gap for one man named Tom Brady who you relies these, on those these two. Hard things. to find and vastly yeah. expensive pieces. Yeah. You need some big pieces. You got no cap room. You just signed Eddie Jackson to a $60 million contract. You got no space under the cap, but we're going to get Tom Brady. We're going to win a championship. I'm. I'm I mean, I can think of seven offensive linemen just off the top of my head who you could sign off the free agent list tomorrow for cheap. No, I can't. No. That's impossible They're, to do. They don't exist. Yeah. There's not good ones uh, flying around. If you get a good offensive lineman, you hold on to them until they're 30, uh, and then you let them walk when they sign a massive contract and are finished with football by 32. Yeah. Um, unless, I guess, you have Brian Balaga, who apparently will play forever and be really good forever. See the Denver Broncos and Turner, comma Billy. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, what? good signing by Green Bay. For Great a, you know, n- a Nice short-term move, but yeah. you just described that man's career. Yeah. I mean, he's he's 27, I think. He'll probably play till he's 30, 31. End of this contract. See ya. Um, you know, Billy Turner's been really solid this year. Uh, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, this Packers team gets a first round bye. I, I'm not entirely sold on them as as you know Super Bowl contenders or anything but I'm not sold on anyone else in the NFC either so sure you know I think it's wide open for this Packers team well the Packers are going to play the lowest seed yes so they cannot play the Vikings no matter what they cannot play yep. the Vikings so they they will either play the Saints the Eagles or whoever's playing the Eagles I've had no coffee. Uh, the Seahawks. Ah, the Seahawks. That's right. Yes. I forgot about Russell Wilson. I was wondering why I was happy this morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I've said it before. I'll say it again that like, especially I started saying it after the Packers kept going out to the West Coast and getting getting punched Just in the throttled. mouth yeah. by the West Coast is that no none of those teams wants to come and play in Lambeau no. next weekend. It's going to be snowing up there. It's going to be cold. It's going to be really, really, really cold. The Packers don't want to go out to the West Coast. This is true. Yes, we know that's true. No one wants to come out no. and play them in Lambo, just as much as the Packers don't want to go to the West Coast, perhaps more. Yeah, and you know it would have been great to get that one seed um, if Seattle didn't just spin it all down the pooper in that last on that last possession um, against San Francisco. <sighs> would have been nice to have that one seed, so San Francisco has to travel to Green Bay, you know, in a most likely scenario in the NFC Championship game. Um, but yeah, man, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to go to the game next weekend in, okay. That's going to be some cold, cold, cold weather up in green Bay. No, the the saints will not want to be there. (laughs) An indoor team is not going to want to be in green Bay next weekend. So I want to go all the way back to Monday. I believe the 22nd. Of December last year, yeah, which is a fun joke to do right after the new year. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen you since last year. Oh, you guys, uh, <laughs> Vikings go up big in the first half in this game, yeah, and everything looks bad for the Packers. And you know, I'm, I'm watching this game with my parents, with my mom and dad, and mm-hmm. um, you know, my my dad is cool, and my my mom is a uh, my mom's a very earnest football fan. I don't know that she really quite knows what's going on. Sure. 
in in like the game exactly because she'll just be like, "Oh, Aaron, throw it!" Yeah, you know? yeah. Oh no! Yeah, is <laughs> that kind of thing. Never any specific criticisms, yeah. but but like there was, this isn't. They didn't go up big again. I have to go back in time to before I ate all the ham. Yeah, to remember this, but they didn't go up that big. It was ten three. Minnesota felt bigger at halftime. No. No, it was ten three. Minnesota with thirteen thirty three left in the second quarter, and then two Mason Crosby field goals made it ten nine at halftime. Yeah. So I'm I'm like internalizing the weird pessimism that like took over when oh, well yeah when the Vikings went up ten three on a Stephon Diggs touchdown pass in, in like the first quarter like the the Packers couldn't hang on to the the damn ball yeah and this is another one of those games where to get the field goal the Vikings had to go five yards to get the touchdown they had to go twenty six yards so the Minnesota Vikings who scored ten points in this football game scored them. On 31 yards from scrimmage. Yeah. I mean. And then didn't score again. Yeah. This was a hor- historic performance by the, the Packers defense. This was probably their best game all year against, you know, a, a pretty darn good Vikings offense. Pretty solid Vikings offense. Um, you know, just a very uncharacteristic game by the Packers offense turning the ball over so much. Yeah. that the The turnovers were early and often, and they were all... They were all the, the fluke things that happen every once in a while yeah. in a game. It's just they were all crammed into a brief period of time. Yeah, like three possessions. I said period just now. Yeah, I'll stick with it. Yeah, sure, it was all yeah. crammed into a brief period of time. Yeah. And they were all punching the ball out, working along the sidelines. The, just the straight up, whoops, I've dropped the football. Yes, the football has popped out now. And, oh, no. And one very legit interception yeah. On a great disguised coverage. Yeah, Anthony Harris, you know, he at this point in time, he might be the best safety in that, that secondary. He's been phenomenal this year. He made a hell of a play on that throw. I mean, looks kind of open, but Anthony Harris is underneath. He makes a heck of a play on yep. that ball. Uh, they referred to it as the robber defense, yeah. which... That's a it's a it's classic a Madden term. defense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Classic Madden defense. A nice name for it mm-hmm. as well. Uh Anthony Harris Robin. Uh Aaron Rodgers with the ball. When I was a younger man, I lived in Milwaukee. I had a long standing Madden rivalry with my friend Joe. Yeah. And that defense was always fun to call, especially if Joe was throwing just over the middle stuff. You know, doing doing yeah. small stuff. You want to keep your safeties high if he if you know you're using a vertical yeah. style attack. But also if the run game is working, you know, the robber defense moves the safety down. Bring but, that strong safety yeah, down. Bring bring the strong safety down and come away with an interception if he gets a little bit too in love with that tight end slant. Yeah. Or the you know, the you wide it. receiver drags. You got it. Yeah, someone can someone can step into that and and make it work. And we saw some nice Tampa too, another classic mm-hmm. Madden defense. Uh, Blake Martinez got that interception against um, the Lions uh, in some Tampa two coverage, which was nice. A classic Madden defense. Take away that that deep tight end cross, that 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 dig route, that you know the classic ten yards in over the middle route. You know, we're Madden guys. Yeah. We're Madden guys. I was a Madden guy. The most recent Madden that I've owned or played is 09, mm. which was 10 years ago. Good point to stop. They've been bad over the last okay. decade. I've heard that. Yeah. But 
in reality, this game against the Vikings, the Vikings got 10 points on 31 yards. They got 139 yards from scrimmage. And it felt like they got less than that. Yeah, no, <laughs> it were, felt like they got under 100. They were dreadful. They were absolutely dreadful. I, I would love to see how many of that they got against the the backups, which went into the game yeah. on, on the final drive. If I actually go to some of the final drives. Nope. They they actually lost five yards okay, on the final good. drive. Of the yeah, game. I mean, I mean, you saw Mike Zimmer's handshake after the game. The very limp, immediately dip out of there. He was yeah. so frustrated because we'll call it the Belichick. Yeah, the Belichick handshake. Don't say anything. Just shake the hand. Get the heck out of there. You know, it has to be frustrating for a coach to watch your team just get fully dominated. They couldn't um, do anything that they wanted to do. I know. You know, the folks will say that. Hey, Dalvin Cook is out. And Dalvin Cook's backup, Alexander Madison, Mr. Whomever, is out. Yeah. So you've got to roll with Mike Boone. Yeah. And I'm aware as much as the next guy that, like, hey, Mike Boone is probably not the answer at running back for the Minnesota Vikings. No, but he's not terrible. But at know? the same time, he's not terrible. He's on an NFL roster. Yeah. He's running behind the same line that Dalvin Cook runs behind. Yeah. And, and you know, this is a Vikings team that... Uh, by some of the numbers I've seen, you know, is ranked one or two in the postseason for a lot of their like estimated points added for, you know, defensive points saved for all these like advanced statistics. You know, the Vikings are ranked really, really high consistently along with like the Saints. You know, some of the best teams in the playoffs, the Vikings are up there and typically above the Packers, but it didn't matter. The Packers dominated them and practically shut them out. You know, I mean, uh, with all the Vikings plays, scoring plays coming on, you know, like 36 total yards of offense, you know, the, the defense essentially dominated the Vikings offense when it was given a chance to. And I don't, I don't really, I don't fully buy into this whole Kirk Cousins can't win in prime time. No, he certainly probably. hasn't. Yeah. And this was another game where you know, he's 16 of 31 for 122 yards with a touchdown and an interception. He was sacked five times. There's your problem. Yeah. In that he can't be sacked he, five times. He can't be good and be sacked five times. Like there's those two things don't really go together. Yeah. I mean, unless he's dropping back like 55 times, like a, you know, a classic Manning. Game. Yeah. But I, you know, it, it, you know, you watch the Texans game last night and Deshaun Watson got, was getting sacked. Almost, it felt like almost every single time, every single drop back, it felt like him and Deshaun, Deshaun Watson and Josh Allen were were under pressure. And you can't have good quarterback play under those situations unless you have a Deshaun Watson or a prime Aaron Rodgers or a, you know, the type of game changing quarterback that Kirk Cousins is not. Now he he is he needs his time. He needs. He needs space. He needs a pocket. He can't. You can't rely on Kirk Cousins to make the play for you. My man is better than Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, but not totally. as, not as good as a good quarterback. Sure, you know I'd say Kirk Cousins squarely top half. He's of the no league. Deshaun Watson. He's not Deshaun Watson. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Pat Mahomes. You know, but at this point in time, I'd rather have him than Tom Brady. You know, I'd rather have. Uh, Kirk Cousins and Tannehill. I'd rather have him than Josh Allen. I'm trying to think of the other playoff teams. Um, I'd rather have Drew Brees. Uh, you know, I I think Kirk Cousins top half, top ten in the NFL, but definitely not. You know, 
a game changer that can win you a Super Bowl like some of the other guys in the league. So the main story of the Vikings win 23-10 is their defense. And also they were just able to keep on sending Mason Crosby out in the first quarter. They kept on moving the ball well enough. You know, 10 points on 31 yards from scrimmage for the Vikings in the first half. Meanwhile, nine points on 119 plus 54 is over 150 yards of offense for the Green Bay Packers. So like, yeah, 154, 160 yards of offense for the Packers gives you nine points. Yeah. Because the Vikings didn't turn the ball over three times. They got short fields. But then Aaron Jones gets a a touchdown run, a two-point conversion to Geronimo Allison, probably Geronimo Allison's best game this season against the Vikings. Yeah. And that's not a that's not praise. No. Right there. I I think that he is done. He's had a bad He's done. bad year. And Aaron Jones breaks off a 56-yard run for the final touchdown of the game with 551 left in the game. Um Football is apparently the only time I can say the F word in front of my parents. Sure. Because it was not remarked upon that as soon as he breaks it, I just, I said the thing I say when Aaron Jones is about to go to the house, which yeah. is, fuck you, he's gone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. He's gone, man. You're not catching him, yeah. bro. He's gone. Apparently, I'm allowed Sometimes to say the F word then. He puts the jets on and just leaves people in the dust. It's incredible. I, I understand. I got to watch Derrick Henry a lot last night. He's good. Aaron Jones is not as good as Derrick Henry, but I understand some of the comparisons. Yeah. If, oh, if you were absolutely. To, yeah. If you were to increase Aaron Jones's size. Yeah. If you were to give Aaron Jones 50 pounds and five inches, it's Derrick Henry. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I feel like they have such a similar running style in that it's a lot of like long kind of bending runs and they kind of ping pong around. They have such great, they both have such great balance. And then all of a sudden they're gone. And then just all of a sudden they turn the jets on and they're 10 yards past every single person. It's, it's remarkable. I would, I wish we could see Derrick Henry, uh, being as good of a receiver as Aaron Jones is. He'd be electrifying if they could work him in. You know, in the screen game and and deeper downfield, the way the Packers have used Aaron Jones. So that was one of the wins that the Packers needed to take care of business. They did it behind their defense, and then we get to the Lions game. Sure, another game that doesn't start the way you want it to. Yeah. Um, first quarter, David Blau. Yeah, throws a touchdown pass to Dammy Amendola. That's the correct way of saying that. Dammy. Don't correct me. Uh, so Danny Amendola gets the touchdown at 7 nothing. Detroit. Uh, carry on Johnson off, caps off an 80-yard drive with a touchdown run. It's 14 nothing Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay's only scoring in the first half is a 32-yard Mason Crosby field goal on a 10-play 76-yard drive. So it's 14-3 to at halftime. And I had just watched what the Packers did to the the Vikings the week before. Yeah. So I'm watching that going, going, no, no trouble. They'll be fine. They'll They'll be be fine. fine. Yeah. This isn't, this isn't a trouble. The Lions are garbage, (sighs) but uh, sure enough, the Lions are garbage. Yeah. But uh, I don't like watching the Packers be, be scary. It's not like my hobby. Yeah. But they just do. They just make it scary. But at the same time, yeah, they, they do. They do like to scare you. Devontae Adams, 20-yard touchdown pass. 
on a, a yeah, it was a good one, a pretty good one right there. Yeah, <laughs> from Rogers. Yeah. Oh my God, that was a, uh, a beautiful in the first route. half. Uh, was Rogers was experiencing some of the same problems that I think my Adobe Audition program was experiencing before we started yeah. this recording. It was just like nah, it, was, I don't it was looking for the right disk cache folder and it, couldn't find it. Yeah, and, uh, the USB C port wasn't working properly, and you don't exactly know why, and you don't know what a USB C port is, and. Uh, yeah, he just could not. He couldn't he was, hit anything. He was three yards over everybody. It was, you know, it looked like a classic uh, Mitchell Trubisky game. Um, it, you know, it was, it was, it was ugly. But you know, he made plays when he needed to. Um, the Packers win. You know that that route by Devontae on his on his touchdown was was unbelievable. It's good. It's unbelievable. Uh, not to be outdone. You know, at that point, it's seventeen ten. Mm-hmm. And then Mason Crosby gets a 40-yard field goal. Uh, Crosby, not a superstitious man back in back in Ford Field. Yeah. It's not the Silver Dome, folks. Uh, back in Ford Field, 40-yard field goal, good. Uh, Matt Prater scored for the last time for the Detroit Lions on a 56-yard field goal. Matt Prater, he's good. Still kicking it. He's pretty good. When did he get all tatted up? Did I miss that? I missed that, too. Okay, because I was watching that game going like, when did he get all these tattoos? Um, so after that, that was the last time that the Vikings would score with 11 minutes, 8 seconds left in the game. Alan Lazard. He's who, really good. Uh, he's good. He's really good. 28-yard pass. Jumping in the air, falling over into the oh. end zone. Uh, a perfect grab yeah. from Alan Lazard. And another one of those things that, He's just showing you NFL level stuff. Yeah, he's just so he's so big. He's so strong. He can elevate. He's got strong hands. I'm trying to find a tweet yep. um, that I thought I favorited the other day that took Alan Lazard's statistics since he kind of started in that Detroit, the first Detroit game, mm-hmm. to the end of the year and extrapolated them out over 16 games. And what it came out to is something like 52 catches, 700 yards, five or six touchdowns, which is a pretty darn good year for a number two or number three wide receiver. The Vikings in real time here on Sunday that we're recording yes. it just tried to run a reverse uh, option pass with Stefan Diggs throwing it out of the backfield and the Saints snuffed it out. Were, were not amused by yeah. that. Yeah. Sacked him, I yep. guess. Is that the word for that? I always struggle with with evaluating like NFL talent because mm-hmm. I just don't play the game. and I don't understand quite enough of the real fundamental stuff that yeah. these position guys have to do. But I am coming to understand that like the idea of a project player in the NFL is something that, you know, on defense has a lot to do with your reads and reactions and such. But the idea of like a project wide receiver is kind of why I'm so down on Geronimo Allison now is that like he's not coming back. No. You know, he, you know it's just why I've gotten so down on MVS is yes. that like he's had two seasons and he can't do yeah. what Lazard just did, despite having like a lot of the same like measurables yeah. as Alan Lazard. Like he might be faster. I think he's bigger. You know, he probably has a higher jump. Like, he's taller. I don't think he's bigger in build. But he can't go get that ball. He can't go get that ball. He he's he's he doesn't. It, you feel like I've I feel like I've never seen MVS extend his arms out from his body to catch a football. Yeah, you know, so often it feels like he's waiting to catch it in with his body or alligator arm it or basket catch it. Um, it feels so rare that I'd see him 
we'd see him, you know, extend his hands, catch it with his fingertips. Yeah, and and for for Lazard, he's he's had a lot less snaps than MVS in his early career, yeah. and he wants to go get that ball. And you can develop a possession wide receiver, you can develop that kind of things, but you can't develop a guy who you need to throw a strike to in the fourth quarter yeah. to beat the Lions, yeah. to up your playoff seating. Like you're not gonna turn a guy into a guy you want to throw it to. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it's you know, you look at the the NBA and, you know, Andrew Wiggins comes into the league at 19 years old and he's kind of having his first real great year now at 24. That's about the time where you start having great years. Which is when you start having great years unless in the you're NBA. LeBron James who was yeah. a 30-year-old, 16-year-old. Which yeah, who at 17 is the best player in the NBA. He's not even yeah. in the league yet. I'm not alleging that uh, LeBron lied about his age in any way shape or form no, by no, the I, way. I just mean that he was better as a high yeah. schooler than everyone <laughs> in the NBA. Um No, but uh, you know, it, it, in the NBA, you know, it can take 6 years to get a guy developed because they come into the league so young. In the NFL, a lot of the times, guys are coming in at 23, 24. You know, a lot of their physical development's mm-hmm. done. It's a lot of, you know, sculpting to an offense. It's a lot of minor tweaks to their game. And, you know, it, I feel like a lot of the times we, we lose sight of, in you know, evaluating uh, draft picks and rookies and stuff like that. We take our, we look at the physical traits over the, what they actually did in college. And, you know, you, you look at what Alan Lazard did in college, he was unbelievable for four. He was the number one receiver at Iowa State for four straight years. He was unreal. He did everything for that offense. He broke records in that conference. He was he was stellar. Um, but you know he didn't have the physical tools and the speed and you know he didn't have the flash in the pan of you know he's not running a four three. He's not doing all this crazy stuff. But he's the type of guy with that attitude who he's gonna go get that fucking ball. Yeah, guys who want no the one ball. else is going to get that ball. He wants the ball, and he will catch it, and he will run you over. Uh, we talked about him a bit before the draft, but look at what DK Metcalf is doing. Late, exactly. late season, first year with the Seahawks yep. right now. Russell Wilson likes him, throws him the ball a lot. He's catching a lot of stuff. Uh, he's a big dude. A lot of the knock on him was that you know, the uh, the the measurables are, are off the charts, but like also he's got a give-me-the-ball attitude. Yeah. And... Less experienced than Alan Lazard, but you take a. I'm trying to think of a comparison in basketball to like guys who have a lot of physical tools, but aren't going to just be like, "Hey, I I need to have the basketball all the time." Maybe Andre Iguodala, yeah, with a ton of tools, but like, you know, it's never was never like a I need the final shot, like more than willing to, you know, be yeah. a third, fourth option kind of guy. And it works different in the NBA as well because you got to play two ways and such. Yeah, I'm lost in this metaphor. Uh, That's okay. You know. <laughs> but, but we're talking about Alan Lazard and like his attitude. I, I what sold me on Lazard was not some of these great touchdown grabs he's had. Like those help. Those are but great. But what sold me on him was like the two yard out where he goes and hits a dude in the mouth. Yeah, where he catches it and turns up field and takes two steps and just lowers his shoulder and runs through a guy for a four yard yeah. gain. Like all right, what sold me on Lazard was. He has a 100-yard receiving day. He's also the best gunner on the team, and he's making plays in special teams, too. You know, that's what really sold me on Lazard with this team. I've been sold on Lazard for, for years. Yeah. That's, that's my greatest. I've fucked up so many. Matt's, Matt's correct about one. Yeah, Matt's I'm correct, correct about, about one thing, and I will never let it <laughs> die. Um, you know, is, is, is to have a 100-yard receiving day and, and not blink and be excited to go out on special teams and make a play for your team. 
that's an attitude you can't teach. You know, you can't coach that kind of an attitude. You can't coach somebody who's 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 you know blossoming into a star on your offense, but is still your best special teams player. I, I think that's really that's really special. Aaron Rodgers finishes the Lions game with 323 yards despite not being able to hit anything yeah. in the first half. Broad side of a barn. Had, his, uh, had another one interception game. Game with an interception twice, two weeks in a row. That's pretty, pretty rare. Scary. That's, that's pretty scary. Uh, they have to, of course, face the feared David Blach. Yeah. Who was, uh, 12 of 29 for 122 yards and dreadful and interception he's he's terrible yeah he, he, he's not supposed to be good you yeah know, he's not supposed to be anything special well, it's, it's always a it's always a matter of like i was a critic of putting Dre- jeff driscoll out there for yeah. the lions because we know he's terrible we know he's bad we're aware yeah we, we saw him i with was the not yet sure yeah if david blah was terrible or not we now know i know is. yeah <laughs> now we've seen it yes. now we know that he's really <laughs> now bad. i'm aware all right now you know you go get somebody else thanks yeah we move on from this um Oh man, you know, uh, good for the Lions, I guess. Um, you know, good for them to not let Stafford come back. He should not. He should not have come back. I'm glad he didn't. Um, no, you can't play a guy with a broken back. That's, yeah, that's, that's unethical, not, even for Matt Patricia. Yeah. Whoa, God. <laughs> that man doesn't have any ethics. Uh, man's done some bad things. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm glad the Packers won. That's all. That's it. <laughs> I am. They are the second seed. Seattle could not get it done. They have they have a first round bye. We've already sorted out who's playing in the AFC next week. Again, I want to. Before we take a break, I want to talk about the Patriots and yeah. and their losing. In that, I've said for a long time that the Patriots play in a garbage division. Yeah, and have been rolling into playoffs healthy and in control because they've had to play six games a year against the Bills and Dolphins. Where you can play whoever yeah. you want. You don't need to play anyone good. The fucking Jets. Yeah, you can roll out yeah. your backups for those games. It doesn't matter. Yeah, and it, it's frequently, it's like, how did Bill Belichick find this running back? It's like, no, this running back has played half the snaps of every other running back in the playoffs. Yeah. Despite him being like a first string caliber guy. He's got fresh legs. Yeah. He hasn't had to he, run the ball. He's less hurt yeah. than than the other guy. God. And that's what's separating them yeah. right now. And you know, it is there is a certain there was a there was a certain level of questioning of Bill Belichick. Like, have you stocked up the team enough this year? And like the team wasn't they weren't great. wasn't great, but their defense was just as good as usual using the same sort of combination of smart free agent signings and smart draft picks. And yeah. yeah, the offense was pretty darn good, except for all their wide receivers died and they tried to sign Antonio Brown, which is the single stupidest thing. Yep. And that failed and that, then, that they've done in a decade. Yeah. And then Josh Gordon yeah, and Josh Gordon, that got was hurt and had to go. Yep. Um, then he went to Seattle and he, Got busted for PEDs. Uh, you know, it's 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 the Patriots kind of just ran out of weapons yeah. uh, on offense. And at this point in time, man, Tom Brady's not good enough to hold an offense together with just Julian Edelman. Yeah, you can't you can't just dink and dunk it to Julian Edelman. He's he's, he's okay, not very good. But <laughs> he's not he's nothing special anymore, man. It's it's it, you know it 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 feels good to watch it kind of end because it just felt. 
so ridiculous for so many years. You know, they were always really good, but I think the key to the Patriots' success was playing six games against perhaps the three worst teams in the NFL year after year after year after year. I mean, there was never a time where the AFC East was competitive. Well, and they got out coached. Yeah. Last night as well, which is something yeah. that rarely, rarely happens. And you know, as much as Mike Vrabel might not be like the greatest coach out there, like sure. he's certainly starting to build a resume. Yeah. A little bit. He did some very smart clock management on a fourth down where he took an intentional delay of game penalty on a punt and then had a player intentionally false start to avoid two consecutive delay of game penalties. So you wind the clock a second time and managed to take over 90 seconds off the clock Genius. between the end of a third down play and the upcoming punt. That's really smart. And that's very intelligent. You saw against Brady late in the game, like, okay, so what are your strengths? Your strengths are like, you have a good offensive line and you've got a couple of possession receivers. So he rushed two guys. Yeah. At drop the end of the first half, the he was rushing zero guys. Yeah, drop everybody in the coverage. Like Double if, team Julian Edelman. If their strength is their offensive line, take it away. Yeah. Like if you're if you're like, oh man, we can't we send five and we can't sack this guy, then like why send five? Send three. Why send two? Send yeah, send no one. Cover yeah. everybody. Double cover Edelman, double cover whoever their second guy is. Double cover Sanu, double cover in Keel Harry if he's ever back. I don't know. Um, you know, yeah, pretty good, pretty good couple of catches last night. He's yeah, yeah, he's playing for him. He's good. Um, Muhammad Sanu's good. You know, yeah. I mean, they 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 had weapons. You know, they they just at this stage in Tom Brady's career, you need a superstar wide receiver. You can't get by with, you know, a bunch of second or third option type guys. You need a, a a prime Antonio Brown. You need a superstar wide receiver because you know it felt like every throw I watched Tom Brady didn't throw the ball five yards downfield I feel like with Tom Brady a lot of the discussion around like is he coming back is is moot because of course he's coming back he's too vain not to. yeah yeah <laughs> he's he told the the press he's gonna play till he's 45 he's gonna yeah. play till he's 45 damn it yeah he, he is his retirement will will be forced if it comes in the next several yes. years. It'll be, it'll come because no one will sign him. Yeah. Not because of any any lack of uh lack yeah. of interest on his part in playing the game. I think some of the funnier discussion that I've heard around Tom Brady revolves around the idea of is Bill Belichick enough of a cutthroat bastard to just straight cut him? Yeah. He is. <laughs> you think you yeah. think he well, is. Well here's the thing is like Bill Belichick didn't want Tom Brady a few years ago. When the Jimmy Garoppolo trade happened, it was only because Robert Kraft stepped in and said, you can't trade Tom Brady. Bill Belichick wanted to keep Jimmy Garoppolo, and this dynasty would have been going for another 10 years. And Robert Kraft stepped in and said, you can't trade Tom Brady. You need to keep Tom Brady on this team. And, you know, and then I would love it if Tom Brady got cut. And then immediately Bill Belichick traded Jacoby Brissett as well. Yeah. And just slashed all their chances, all their backups, everything that they had, just threw it in the garbage and said, all right, all right fine. Tom Brady gets hurt, we're screwed. All this right. is over the second Tom Brady gets hurt. And it felt like revenge at Robert Kraft. Um, I would love it if he got cut. Yeah. Not because it would hurt him in any way. Like, he'd be fine. He'd be fine. It would just because I would enjoy it. Yeah, because, <laughs> God damn it, man. Tom Brady's not that good. He hasn't been that good for a few years. He's He's... He was great once, you know, but it's hard to be really good when you're 39. 
It's it's fine. You know, it's not his fault. He doesn't have the arm to throw it 30 yards downfield anymore. You know, you, you he had a couple throws yesterday. He threw a Hail Mary at the end of the second quarter going into halftime that made the end zone from midfield. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I was surprised at that yeah. one, honestly. I saw I saw one of his throws to like a, a, a crossing tight end 20 yards downfield, and it just looked like a duck. It just looked like end of career Peyton Manning, who just couldn't get it there anymore. Um, I don't know, man. I You know, he's he, he's an all-time great. He's just not very good anymore. And I think anybody who, who, who is, you know, on the Chicago radio waves talking about the Bears or Super Bowl champs, if they get Tom Brady, think long and hard, man. Think long <laughs> and hard about how good Tom Brady actually is now and what you need around Tom Brady to make it good is you need a good coach, which... I wouldn't say the Bears have. You nope. need a good offensive line, which I would not say the Bears have. Strike two. You need a good receiving core, which I don't think I'd say the Bears have. You right need- now, the Chicago Bears can't figure out to stop putting the best pass rusher this of this generation yeah. into coverage. Yeah. What the? F- what are you doing dropping Khalil Mack? Back into coverage. <laughs> if you're taking an inventory of what they have and don't have, I think it's important to note that. Yeah, no, it, it is important to note. Uh, you know, I I get the idea of every time Khalil Mack comes, he's double, he's double covered. He's he's blocked by two guys. Sure. If you drop him back into coverage, it just means that they already schemed up then that you need double no coverage guys to block him. Yeah, then you need no guys to block him and. Those two blockers are now being used on someone who has no chance of beating that double coverage block. Um, I will never for the life of me understand. I mean, I felt like I feel like it falls into the same category of most of my criticisms of the Bears game planning and scheming is that they're overthinking themselves. Yes. Like they think themselves around the corner twice and end up back where they started. Yeah. Whereas just doing the aggressive thing, which is like, hello, Khalil Mack, we've given you $70 billion. Go as fast to, as you to can. To sack the quarterback. quarterback. Go get him. Like, whatever whatever play the rest of the defense is running, like, you don't even need to go into the huddle, my dude. It, it, you know, it's another thing also of, of we've seen Zedarius Smith dominate, moving all around the line, mm-hmm. especially the last few weeks of the year. Mike Patton really started using Zedarius Smith inside on the A gaps and bringing him inside like he's a nose tackle and rushing him from the inside. And he he's dominated run defense and getting to the passer. And it made Kenny Clark better. And it made Kenny Clark exponentially better. The Bears don't do that with Khalil Mack. He's either on the edge rushing or he's on the edge dropping back into coverage. There's no difference. There's no moving him around. There's no there's rarely any stunts. You know, it's not as much of a it's just so frustrating to watch a team, because look, Chicago deserves better. I love Chicago. Yeah, Chicago is Chicago's a great city. They deserve better. I don't want the Bears to be successful, but I feel they I'd, don't deserve this hellhole. I would feel better if the Bulls became successful again, but yeah, I don't know what's sure. going on with our, our Chicago teams at the moment. It's it's confusing. Uh, maybe the Cubs and the White Sox can yeah. both be great, yeah. and that's enough for the city. I don't know. Um, we have to wrap up the regular season a little bit. Sure. So we should take a break and and maybe just talk a bit about the Packers and and 
other playoff things that are going on right now. But we'll, we'll take a quick break. We'll be back for the second half of Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Cheesecagoland. Join our Facebook group at uh, Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. Uh, yeah. Cheeseheads in Chicago, and it's the best podcast about the Green Bay Packers. A lot of things are happening in the world, and that's why it's good to have football as yeah, thank God. not only an escape from the world in that I can watch football and I can feel good, but sure. also it's it's I've found football and a lot of sports to be a good rubric through which to see a lot of society because our sports organizations are reflective of the rest of us. Yeah. And you know, the way that we organize our world is reflected in sports and it's cool about that too. Taysom Hill is very good. Yeah, I'm, I'm very in the new year. Yeah, you know, I want to be more like Taysom Hill. So I should doing probably, everything. Probably buy a football. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> buy a football. Yeah. Become Taysom Hill. Yeah. That's my that's my 2020. I'm gonna become. A, I'm gonna become Taysom Hill at 40. Um, yeah, that's my resolution, <laughs> man. It's become Taysom Hill. Um, to to start our new year, I want to now that the Packers regular season is over. I want to I want to start on something that I saw. I believe it was, I forget which news outlet published it. I think it was Dairyland Express published a headline in which they, without like making an opinion or a question, referred to Rashawn Gary as a draft bust. Oh. And I would like to know what's going on there. No. What? No. He's been, he... You know, before the draft, he hurt his shoulder. He was glad he didn't have to have surgery. He's still been playing through that shoulder all year. He's been on snap counts. He's not. He also hasn't had to play a lot because yeah. Darius and Preston Smith have been all pro level guys. I mean, when Rashawn Gary's played in spurts, he's been more effective than Clay Matthews was last year. He he would have been the most effective outside linebacker on the team last year if you go by you know, pressure rate per snaps and stuff like that. And, you know, he's had a f- totally fine year for a guy who was drafted as a project outside yeah. linebacker. He lost time to Kyler Fackrell in some ways because Fackrell is found some use on a, on rundowns and yeah. found some use in pass coverage and did some things that Rashawn Gary was never drafted to provide for the Packers. No, also Kyler Fackrell knows this defense already. He's yeah. been in the defense for a year. That's really helpful. Two years? One year with Mike Patton. Okay, one year with Patton. Yeah, that's yeah. 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 I I was I was surprised. It was the headline referred to Oren Burks and Rashawn Gary as straight up draft bust. You busts. can't call a third round pick a draft bust. I it's it's so third and fourth and fifth round picks, those are no those are not hitters every time. No. You know? It's not like a first or second round pick where you're like, that should hit. 
<sighs> I was surprised by that. Yeah, I, I want... no. Don't call Rashawn Gary a bust after one year. What are you talking about? That's dumb. That's dumb. You're playing behind two of the best outside linebackers yeah. in the game right now who happen to play for the same team. Yeah. What? And, and happen to be having career years. And who are good. And at, have been healthy the entire season. Yes. Who have been healthy all year, who are good at every facet of the game. These are not guys who are just pass rushers or exclusively run defense guys. These are two guys who are good at every single part of it. Of course, Rashawn Gary's not going to get a ton of snaps. It's not his fault. He's been fine. I can certainly see Rashawn Gary coming on a little bit stronger next year. I, I love the idea, too, because everything we've seen from Cedarius Smith tells me that he's a kind of guy that you need your young guys to be around Yeah, as well. So that having that year in that locker room where there's not a ton of expectations on you from the team in general, but like I guarantee you, Darius Smith isn't like taking it easy on her. No, Sean Gary. no way. I, I guarantee you the two of them are, are probably, you know, the, the team is probably trying to stick the two of them together at the shoulder for yeah. most of the day. And I, you know, you, you've, we've seen stories of, of, of them, you know, traveling to Chicago together and, and, you know, hanging out outside of, of, of practices and stuff. So and I think it was an interview the other day. Uh, where Sean Gary like mentioned how important Zedarius has been for him this year, so you know it's it's it's. Rashawn Gary was the first round pick that wasn't asked to do anything day one, and it's thankful that he wasn't. You know, it. I'm glad that he wasn't. He's he'll be exceptional next year. Uh, kind of taking Kyler Fackrell snaps, but there's no need for him to be playing a ton this year. He doesn't have to. I'm trying to find a season snap count tally for the Packers. I'm not coming mm. up with it, but uh, basically like what we know right now going into the bye week is that Jamal Williams is in the concussion protocol, so it's unknown. No, wait, he's a, that's a different guy. He's hurt. Yeah. But he's not. I don't think he's in the concussion protocol. No, I think it was his shoulder that kept him out against yep. the Lions. Um, hopefully, he's good to go on Sunday. Um, I don't know who's in the concussion. Protocol. I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm thinking of a different guy. It's a good podcast that I do here, where yeah, I know uh, where I know everything, and I'm smart. Uh, <laughs> the, but right now, yeah, there's still still that injury. But Aaron Jones is playing well. You saw Tyler Irvin get snaps. On offense, Pretty I good. like that. They've been trying to work him in a little bit more. He's he's been he's been great as a returner. Um, we saw him a lot in like orbit motion and like kind of like jet sweep motion and stuff, um, which is which is I think a good way to work him in. Um, he's he's just pretty solid. Um, uh, we did see Corey Lindsley leave the game against Detroit after twenty snaps, and he was spelled by Lucas Patrick. And there was okay. no difference. No, he was yeah. Lucas Patrick was pretty good. Um, and then who who else did we see? Um, who was, uh, we saw Jared Veld here come out for it. Brian Belaga as well. Nijman, but uh, yeah, Veld here was 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 pretty good as well. You know, the line didn't really miss. It any was Belaga who had a possible concussion. That's it. Okay, um, Jamal Williams practiced on Thursday, uh, January second. So you know he, you he he'll likely be back. Um, you know, Lindsley's expected to be ready for the divisional game. Um, 
uh, Goodson, questionable return Sunday's game against the Lions. No word since. Um, so, you Kevin know. King returned, played every all snap but yeah, one. Played pretty good. What a great year he's had. Yeah, you know, you talked about it earlier. Of like, if you get twelve games out of Kevin King, solid. How about fifteen? How about yeah? How about fifteen and fifteen really good games out of Kevin King? Um, you know, he, he, I I wouldn't say Kevin King's a number one cornerback. I'd say Kevin King is a great number two, and that's all you need him for right now. Yeah, you know, Jair Alexander on the other side, man. More more Packers news on the defense. Raven Green is Back. off the IR. Yeah, Raven Hell Green yeah. might might be ready to go. I don't know if he dresses for uh yeah for the divisional round but we okay. shall see. Yeah, if you know if he's back in shape um you know by the if he's back in shape by the divisional game that'd be a great piece to have. I don't um, see him doing anything on the field any worse than Josh Jackson right now. So Yeah, yeah. You're talking about which hybrid safety corner linebacker special teams guy you might want out there. I'd rather have Raven Green right now. Yep. He's he he you know, he had a really great preseason. He had a good early part of the year before he got before he got hurt. Um, you know, we got a, a Campbell out there too, who's been really solid. Um, who's 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 nice to have back. Um, so you know, plenty of of safety linebacker defensive back hybrids on this defense to go around. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're they're. It's odd that Campbell. Campbell and Shannon Sullivan have been interchangeable, yeah. and it's it's another thing where I don't understand or delve into football quite enough to know like how they think about using those two. But it just feels like there are games when it's going to be Campbell getting all the snaps, yeah, and then there are games where it's Sullivan getting all of them. It's been interesting, and the results have been great at times. Yeah, like, Mike Mike Patton's called a, a great year. It's sometimes just tough for me as the outsider to understand. Because you know you very much want to you want to play Madden with, with yeah. the real world football and be like let's make the depth chart yeah <laughs> boop, 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 boop. and it's you know at, at the end of the day it's not you know things are not linear necessarily it's 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 more of a scatter chart you know it's like if if we're playing a team that likes to do these things we put in this guy if this team likes to do those things we put in this guy um, and less of a a you know. This guy's better than this guy, so he plays yep. every down. This guy is seventy four. This guy yeah. is seventy two. There's no such thing as numbers in real life, baby. It's it's <laughs> it's a big old sphere, and everybody's in different directions and doing different things and good at different things. Um, watching this Viking Saints game, the uh, Sky Camp's down on the field. We got a we, we got a player down. Player <laughs> down. Sky Cam injured. Um, right now, I'm sure. Tro- Joe, I'm parting member of the Fox. <laughs> Shut up, Troy Aikman. <laughs> Stupid idiot. Uh, I hope we never have to hear Troy Aikman's voice again. Who calls the Super Bowl this year? Uh, we're probably going to have to hear Troy Aikman's voice again, just in general. Ah. They'll keep giving him, him Packers games. Uh, Mike McCarthy. Interviewed with, interviewed with the Browns and the Giants. Uh, I think the Panthers. And um, he also went down to visit the Cowboys, too. That would be interesting. Yeah. Jason Garrett's not been fired yet. I saw I saw a very good, uh, very good tweet that was that I'm going to paraphrase to y'all Cowboys fans know you're getting McDaniels and Brady next year. Right? <laughs> Oh no! 
<laughs> that would be so funny. They'd that, be so bad. That would be. <laughs> They'd be so yeah. bad. In the realm of things I would enjoy for the yeah, wrong reasons. That would be it. Oh, man. Th- that would be a thing I would enjoy for the wrong reasons. You know, I'm pretty excited to watch Tom Brady go somewhere that is not coached by Bill Belichick. Um, just to see how he does. Because I feel like if he goes anywhere that's not coached by Bill Belichick, it might take a while before the other coach realizes, oh, Tom's got real limits. Tom's got serious limits, and there's huge restrictions on our offense because of Tom's arm strength and ability to push the ball downfield. Um, I don't know, man. I'm shocked and excited and scared that he might just stay with New England and you know they they get some weapons and are good again next year. <laughs> that is the most likely yeah, scenario, no, yeah, I think. It's the most likely scenario is he signs with New England for 5 million dollars and they use the 30 million dollars that he should have been paid to sign two really good wide receivers and re up their tight end position and offensive line. Did you catch the moment in the press conference last night where some some lunkhead asked Belichick a a question, which I'll paraphrase as, what would you say to the fans who have stuck with you through thick and thin? Shut the fuck up. And what Belichick (laughs) said back to him is, I'll paraphrase again, there hasn't been any thin. Yeah, no, he's right. He's right. Uh, There hasn't been any thin in 10 years. We haven't played on this weekend in 10 years. There's been no thin. Uh, I, I appreciate that a lot from, from Belichick. Right. I love Bill Belichick, man. He's I don't know how to feel about Belichick because like I've I've said it before on this cast, like one of the things that I genuinely do believe about yeah. like you know the cons- NFL conspiracy theory that I do believe is that the Patriots have been actively and provably cheating the oh, Bill yeah. Belichick's entire time in the league and they are doing so with league knowledge and approval. Yeah, I mean basically. That is that's Nothing the happened thing about yeah. the Bengals thing. Yep, that's the that's the conspiracy theory that I believe about the NFL, and so I I can't really like I can't like Belichick on an ethical level. Sure. But I do like that he dislikes. He seems I to love, dislike the right people. Yeah, I love his. I just love his attitude sometimes in like press conferences and stuff. Yep. Of like, don't ask me dumb question. If you ask me a good question about football, I'll go on a ten minute answer and give you so much information. If you ask me a dumb question about the fans. I'm going to give you a dumb, dumb, dumb answer. What would you say to the fans? Have you ever heard Bill Belichick talk to a fan? No, he doesn't. He doesn't believe in it. He them. doesn't say words to them. God, <laughs> have you seen the video of, of Randy Moss asking Bill Belichick to come to his Halloween party? No, I bet it's oh, great. It's though. hilarious. It's Randy Moss, and he goes into Bill Belichick's office, and he's like, hey, uh, we're, we're, we're having a kind of a family Halloween party. Um, all the guys on the team are invited. Uh, you and your wife are welcome to come. And Bill Belichick's like, what's better than that? Costumes and candy. It's the best time of the year. And Bill Belichick and his wife show up, and Bill Belichick is in like a full pirate costume. And it's like a skating rink. And so there's video yeah. of him and his wife arm in arm yeah. skating around the rink. He's in like a full pirate costume with the eye patch on. It's like, oh, Bill Belichick does have a personality, kind of. Oh, yeah. He's just not... Interested in showing it yeah. to, to it's, you. It's for his friends and his team yeah. and for his wife. It's not for you. It's not for the press. It's not for the, the fans of the NFL, which is 
admirable, I think. Here in real time, the Vikings are going to have to settle for a field goal after calling a stretch pitch run to the weak side on third, third down and goal, which is not a good play call. Uh, maybe oh. tell me again about how Kirk Cousins can't perform in big situations. Uh, maybe someone someone let Mike Zimmer know that Dalvin yeah. Cook is injured. Maybe just maybe just send just, him a telegram just, or well, attach no, it to no, a pigeon. Dalvin Cook's playing in this game. Is he? Yeah, he's back. Okay, he's back for this one. He had a nice run earlier. Um, I think he's on a snap count though. I think they're they're limiting him. Um, but you know, it's it's third and goal. You got to throw it. You can't third and goal from like the six. You can't. You can't. You can't pitch that outside, even if it's Dalvin Cook, man. You can't pitch that outside. I don't think that was. That's not Dalvin Cook, is it? Thirty three. Yeah, isn't it? Isn't isn't Cook thirty three? Boy, this podcast is getting dumb, and I am yeah, that's right. right in the thick of it being dumb. Yeah, Dalvin Cook's thirty three. Okay, Cook, he's back. Yep, I'm dumb now. Yeah, that's okay. I thought he wore a twenty one. No, that's Frank Gore. You're thinking of Frank. Gore. That might, might yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're I thinking, thinking of Frank some Gore from the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> that's circa <right>. 2008. <laughs> oh, that's who I'm thinking of. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with my mind right right it's now. Early morning. Yeah, it's, it's 1.15 <laughs> in the afternoon. <laughs> Early morning. We're all feeling like ham and hams. Oh, yeah. So it. I don't want to call this one early because it's not even halftime here and it's 10-6 Vikings, but I'm assuming it is going to be the winner of Eagles Seahawks. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Coming in next week. and I. Well, I'd, no, it'd be the Saints. The oh, Saints it, would, it would be the Saints. You're right. Saints win, it'd be the Saints. Um, yep. So I hope you're calling it for the Vikings. I, I hope you're looking at I'm this a and very, saying, "I'm a very dumb man." Vikings are, yeah. Vikings are going to win and blow this game out. <laughs> I can see it now. They're down four. They're going to come back easy. Um, uh, that's our dream scenario. You know, is is I think if 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 the Eagles or Seahawks come into Green Bay next week, I think it's it's a pretty easy Green Bay victory. Um, if the Saints come in. You know, this is a pretty complete Saints team. This is a good defense. This is the most complete I've seen them. Yeah, I, you know, I think the Mark Ingram loss is is bigger than than most people realize. I don't love Alvin Kamara as a you know as a full time feature back. Um, uh, but you know, it's it's they're prone to playoff eruptions and and explosions and. Stuff so you know maybe the Packers get lucky, but this Saints they've got the right really pieces good. in the right place. Yeah, they're right really now. really good. And that that combo of Mike, um, a combo of Mike Thomas and Jared oh, Cook. Yeah. Jared Cook's been phenomenal. Yeah, Jared Cook is a very good tight end, and that that high low combo of him is of those two is bad news. Yeah, Mike Thomas, Michael Thomas is just unbelievable. Just unreal. He's he's special, man. And there's, you know, I love Jair Alexander, but there's no chance that Jair can no, shut him down. There's that's no not one a favorable the, matchup. There's no one in the NFL that can shut him down. Um, oh, Vikings interception, Anthony Vikings Harris. interception. Man, Anthony Harris is really good. I, I, I'm serious. He might be the best safety. In, he might have been touched down there before that run back. In Minnesota but. now, man. He's 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 phenomenal. Uh, he's Harrison Smith is, you know, still good at coming up. 
into the box. You know, he's still good underneath and stuff. But Anthony Harris just gives them a, a an ability deep. He was not touched. He was not touched. Okay, man. that's a great that's a great return. Yeah, go Vikings! I guess go Vikings! Go Vikings. Yeah. Yeah, let's get let's get the Eagles or Seahawks. Uh, yeah, up into Lambeau. You know the the Seahawks come to Green Bay. That's a Seahawks team that, you know, Green Bay's won a lot of close games, but a lot of these close games have been games where they were up by double digits, and you know, in kind of garbage time late in the fourth quarter, guys have made a push. You know, you, you think of the Dallas game where the Packers are up like thirty-one to three, and Dallas makes a comeback and it ends like thirty-four to twenty-four or something. Um. You know, so there's been a lot of Packers games that have been one score games that were originally blowouts where the other team worked back into it and the Packers held on. Almost all of Seattle's games, I think they've had like nine wins that were one score games and like six or seven of them were come from behind like last minute victories, which those kind of games are coin flips. You know, it's 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 so hard for that to be a cons- to win consistently that way. Um that you know, I don't, I don't really believe in the Seattle team, and 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 the Eagles are just—they're not the same team the Packers lost to in Week Four. You know, they're a—they're uh, down like eight receivers. <laughs> they don't have anybody healthy left. Um, they've got Zach Ertz and 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 South Dakota guy, Dallas Goddard. Um, but but you know, Alshon Jeffrey and and Miles Sanders, and not a lot else. So that's the state of things as of right now. We'll do another episode after divisional week. Yeah. And I think regardless of where the Packers are, we can try to follow our, our schedule from last year of keeping this weekly until until the Super Bowl ends and, and then it's XFL season. Yeah. And then, then we got then we gotta start covering the XFL. So Yeah, what's the what's the nearest XFL team? Uh St. Louis Battlehawks. The St. Louis Battlehawks. Right, I think so. Have you ever seen a Battlehawk? No, what's that? What is a Battlehawk? <laughs> it's a fighter jet. Um uh yeah so uh that <laughs> I applaud I applaud the Chicagoland Collegiate Athletic Conference who the the basketball team that I I yeah. work for on the weekends is in that conference they have some decent mascots and the NAIA uh, bless them uh, yeah. but they have a lot of teams that are newer and if like there's lots of Jaguars lots of Eagles lots of yeah lots of wolves. that sort of thing lots of wolves. The CCAC has the Titans, yeah, which I like. They have the Fighting Saints, Whoa. which are Saint Bernards. Fun, yeah. That yeah, uh, their mascot is the uh, the Saint Bernard with the barrel around yeah. its, around its neck. That's um, I'm getting to some better ones here. Okay, they have you. the Trinity Christian Trolls. Oh, their mascot's like a pre gritty gritty, yeah, like a oh. big grinning troll. That's great. And then my personal favorite. The St. Ambrose Fighting Bees. The Fighting Bees. The Fighting Bees. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Presentation College, um, college in my hometown. They're in the NAIA. Um, my friend played played football for them. They went and played Trinity um, a few years ago. But PC's mascot is is the Saints. And what it is is they have a dog, a St. Bernard dog, and he goes to all their games, Perfect. travels with the team. <laughs> And when he was a puppy, I got to meet him, and he was so sweet. And now he's a full-grown, big old guy. St. Ambrose Fighting Bees. Now, some of the other other teams. Uh, 
in this league are less inspired. But there's also the Calumet College of St. Joseph Crimson Wave. Oh, that's good. I like that. The Crimson Wave. Crimson Wave. And the Cardinals, Cardinal Stritch. They're the Wolves. Who cares? Uh, Governor State Jaguars. Governor State Jaguars. Governor State has been around for a long time. They're, they're a local college. Okay. And they have more recently started a NAIA sports program, but they've been around for a while. Okay. And the IU Northwest Red Hawks. Mm-hmm. But then you've got Eagles, Tigers, Eagles. God. If you're joining Cougars. a conference and there's already somebody named the same as you, you've got to be someone name. else. You got to be somebody else, bro. You got to change it. We just can't all be the Eagles, can we? No. Yeah, there's two Eagles and two Wolves. So that's it's a little bit disappointing. Right a couple there. games of Eagles v. Eagles, Wolves v. Wolves every year. Yeah, and you get a little bit you get a little bit lost because there's there's actually two St. Francis teams that we cover. What? <laughs> yeah. There's oh St. Francis of Illinois and St. Francis of Indiana. Oh my god. Yeah. St. Francis of I, St. Francis of I. S F I S F I? How do they shorten it? I use St. F I L and St. F I N on uh, my internal stuff. Okay. There was a soccer game two years ago where I became convinced that the Raiders were the Eagles. <laughs> and so I just kept on calling them the Eagles. Yeah. And at one point I got so frustrated with myself that I took my headset off and took a walk. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, yo, I got to go. I got to go. We're in stoppage time. I'm taking a walk. We'll come back to you after half. My color guy was on a was on a bit of a jaunt, and I was just yeah. like, "You go for a second. You go. I'm out of here. Fuck <laughs> this like, shit." Dude. Just, I just walked out to where to the <laughs> camera bay, and you know, I just leaned on the railing for a couple of seconds, and I was like, "Raiders, Raiders, <laughs> Raiders." <laughs> I walked back Raiders. in. Raiders, yeah. not the Eagles. Raiders. <laughs> just like Oakland. Just like Las Vegas. Raiders. 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 Um. Yeah, sorry. that's all. That's sorry. all we got. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> we're gonna have a, have a dig- we're gonna have a digression or two. Uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. Thank you for supporting our podcast. Uh, sorry, not sorry about the two week break. Totally, yeah, not not, sorry. not not at all sorry. We have lives. You will take you. You will take what we give you. It's free content. Bro. <laughs> yeah, it's free audio art. It's free. You real get what you get. <laughs> what do you expect from us? You want more? Pay us. You want anything else? Pay me. We have not even provided you a way to pay us. <laughs> We're starting a Patreon. Uh, you want us to provide a way to pay us? Fuck you. Pay us. Pay us. Venmo me at Matt Melum Center if you want better content than this. And I'll get. I will give you better. Do you have a Venmo, Mike? No. All right. Well, Venmo me and say this is for Mike, and I'll give it to Mike next time I see him. All right. And then that's how you pay us at Matt Melum Center or cash at me at Matt Melum Center. I have two cheese heads of the two weeks. All right. right. Zadarius Smith and Alan Lazard. Yeah, that's, that's there good. you go. That's fair. That's fair. All right. We will be back next week. You can take that to a bank. Until then. Stay cheesy, baby.